Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Well, God is so good. God is so good. You know, God is good. I was listening to a message by Bill Johnson, and uh, there was something that really caught my attention. I mean, it just, it just so changed my life. It was, uh, it was a joke that he told. So I thought I would copy him. Childhood injuries. Are you ready? Childhood injuries. I fell off my bike. I skinned my knee. I fell out of a tree. I bruised my arm. Adult injuries. I slept wrong. I sat down way too long today. I sneezed too hard. salesman at the furniture store told me that this sofa will seat five people with no problems. I said to him, where am I going to find five people with no problems? What was he thinking? Liar, liar, pants on fire. You ever hear that? If liar's pants actually caught on fire, then watching the news would become a lot more fun. Picture that a little bit. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. This one, I don't know. <laughs> Picture animals surrounding the manger. The camel speaks first, and he says, I, the camel, will bear him great gifts. The donkey said, I will carry him to and fro. The fish says, I will pay his taxes. The cow said, I will quench his thirst and nourish his body. The dove says, I will bless his baptism. The sheep says, I will warm him in the evening. The duck says, I will feed him. And the pig says, I will let him Fill me with demons, and I'll jump off a cliff. Oh, wait. It's a little cartoon. Theana says, oh, wait. It was good until that point. Oh, it's pretty funny stuff. Pants on fire. 
Can you imagine? Oof, that was pretty funny. It's good to laugh, amen? There are statistics that have been put out there as far as on laughter, and uh, children laugh at a very high level, a very, very high level. And somehow through life, adults begin to lose their laughter until it exists only on a very small level. God designed us to enjoy life, amen? God enjoy, and it, He designed us to laugh. So I'd like you to look around the room and then just laugh a little bit. Look at your mate and then say to yourself, God gave me to her, and then laugh a little bit. It's good to laugh, amen? The Bible says that laughter is like a what? A medicine. So we should wear that out. Whew. Well, we're going to get into the Word a little bit. It was a word that came to me during worship, and we're going to speak on some things this morning. But the thing of laughter, but also the thing of wonder. I remember when I got saved, when I first became saved. You know, I grew up in church. I had encounters with God when I was young. I really did. I had uh, open visions. Um, I had seen angelic things, just strange things that you just don't tell people, especially at that time. They would just put you in a different room, you know what I mean? Uh, but I did. I had this sense of wonder as a child growing up, and I would hear the stories, and I'd put myself in the stories. I wanted to know God, and I had that sense of wonder. And then as life began to take its toll, I began to get a little bit older, uh, people began to make fun of some of those things. And then I had kind of turned away from God for a little bit when I was young. And I had lost that sense of wonder for the Lord. I had encountered things. I would encountered the hands of God, but I lost that sense of wonder due to life. Have you ever been there? And I remember I, I, I was, uh, people were praying for me. I remember the youth minister at that, or not youth minister, youth leader at that time. I've said this before. But he said, I had faith for everyone in the youth group except for you. He said, I had faith for everyone in the youth group except for you. I don't know if that was a compliment. He said, you just seem tough. But God had pre people praying for me. How many know that prayer matters? Prayer works. So when people say, you know, that their kid is off astray, and I tell them to start praying fast, I'm, I'm not saying it to give you some hope. I'm telling you that it actually works. Amen? So people were praying for me. I'd go to a party or something. Other people are having fun, I think. And myself, I always, <laughs> I would feel the presence of God in a party. And I'm in this inner struggle of like, I want to have some fun, but it's like, I want to find God again. You ever been there? 
And finally, it, it came to that time I was at my cousin's house and I slept on the floor in his room. And I remember laying there all night and the presence of God was hovering over me. And uh, it was the strangest encounter. It wasn't like that many times, but that night it was like that. That was the night God had set up for me to encounter him again. And I laid there in the presence of God. He was sleeping. Everyone was sleeping. I was not sleeping. And I laid there, and I negotiated with God all night. I knew he was after me. I had been told there was a call of God on my life since I was just a young kid. And the preachers would come and lay their hand on me and pray for me. And, and, uh, and I laid there, and I knew that if I made this decision, it, went, it meant for my life. And I laid there on the floor, and, and I it was hard, but yet I was soft. And the presence of God, I could feel the presence of God hover over me. And I don't know how to explain it, but he was there, and he was, he, I could almost feel his breath on my face. And finally, I, I, about two in the morning, I stopped negotiating with God, and I just began to, uh, it was like he reminded me of those childhood events again. And I said, God, I just want to serve you again. But I don't want to just serve you. I want to know you. I want to have an adventurous life in you. I want to walk in the things that the Bible said we can walk in. I want to live in the wonder of God. And at that time, the presence of God came upon me, and I cried and I cried and I cried until I fell asleep. And I woke up the next morning. I'll never forget it. I went to bed one way, I woke up, and I remember waking up feeling like a new person. I got out of bed, I was on a sleep bag, I got up, and nobody knew what happened to me. But I remember I went straight to a window and I looked out at a tree, and it's like I could see every leaf on the tree. And it was something that was vivid that happened in my life, something vivid. It was like the wonder of God awoke again. That's just my life. Everybody has a story. And I read these stories of John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth, and, and I just love those things because it builds the sense of wonder in our life. And sometimes we go through hard things we don't understand. We get mad at God. We get mad at life. We get frustrated. We start to believe that things are not impossible when God said that through faith we can believe for the impossible and we begin to lose our sense of wonder. You ever see a kid go to Disneyland? I mean the old Disneyland. Father, we pray for a revival to break out at Disneyland. We bind that foul demon and say, your day is done. And we declare that a day of the kingdom of God, the presence of God is going to invade People are going to get saved in key places, and that place is going to become a revival ground in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen! We can pray that prayer if you have a sense of wonder. God, give us that fascination again with your presence, with faith with knowing that God is a God of wonder. Amen? People don't like signs and wonders. And that makes me sad. 
God does signs and wonders because it opens up a person's sense of the, the wonder of God. We get so much stuff on TV, and you know, TV is just a, it's, a, it's an inert object. It, it doesn't live, it doesn't breathe. It's just a vehicle. It depends on who puts what into the TV, amen? So the TV isn't evil, it's just a device. But we invest so much into what we're watching, and we don't realize that it is stealing your sense of wonder in God. They teach us how to laugh. Did you know that? From the time uh, that you're a kid and you watch cartoons, they put laughter in the background. So you're actually programmed on how to laugh and what is funny. Oh, everybody's laughing. <laughs> You're sitting there on the couch. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. People are crying on the set. Oh, what are they crying about? I don't know. I'm supposed to cry. Oh. They talk about God and everybody laughs. Oh, <laughs> foolish people. But the highest rated programs in history, some of the highest rated programs in history, Touched by an angel. Many faith-based stories, but through political pressure and so forth, they removed them from the air. Why? Because people want to have the sense of wonder in an almighty God. When signs and wonders and miracles no longer fit in a Christian conversation, we've been brainwashed. God, give us a sense of wonder again. God, deliver us from hardness. God, deliver us. Forgive us for being frustrated at life. Forgiving, forgive us for, giving, for being frustrated with you. Lord, I ask that you restore that childhood sense of wonder in you again. Wonder, the wonder of God is coming back to the church. The wonder of God is coming back to the church. You ever been in those seasons that it's so easy to believe God? And people think you're crazy, but it's kind of fun to drive them nuts because it works. You ever been there? I remember one time the Lord was, I was preparing for this message, and the Lord was giving me little snippets from the past testimonies. And, and sometimes people laugh at these testimonies, but they're my stories. So if you laugh at them, that's okay. You're laughing at God. But when you live in the sense of wonder, anything is possible. The Bible's filled with people that it was like God was trying to stir and wake up the sense of faith in them. And then once faith filled them, they began to see signs and wonders in their life. The disciples, he tried to teach them faith over and over and over and over and over and over. He even said something like this, how long? Will I have to be with you? <laughs> he fed the 5,000 and 
they've seen 5,000 men and then women and children get fed from a few fish and a few loaves. They were so amazed because he said to go feed them, and, and they didn't understand the wonder of God. And so he had to demonstrate the wonder of God. And God began to feed a multitude of people out of nothing. And the wonder of God filled the, all those that were there. The wonder of God filled the disciples. And a few days later, they're in a boat and they're wondering how they're going to eat lunch. And he goes, don't you remember? It wasn't like he just fed them a little scrap. They had bucket loads left over. Jesus was trying to teach them this dynamic sense of faith and wonder in God. That when you have faith in God, anything is possible. So, this is a goofy story, but the Lord put it on my heart. So, we were living in Shell Lake at the time. We came up from Bible college, and we moved into a beautiful, deluxe, dilapidated trailer out by a pond. I think the ad said, you know, by a lake. It was a pond that bred mosquitoes. We had a lot of wildlife there, and they were, you could hear them at night. The wildlife was incredible. There was so much wildlife in the trailer running around in the walls. We would open the drawers in the morning to, to get a spoon for our cereal or something, and there would be wildlife remains in there. We were gone for a weekend one time. We came back, and we pulled back the sheets, and there was the remains of visitors Yeah, young love. <laughs> but she would look at me in my eyes and she'd say, it doesn't matter, honey, I just so love you. Oh, we need to restore the wonder, amen? So we didn't have much money then, but we did have faith. We were excited about serving God and we came back to, to see what God had for us here in the great northern area, you know, the blessed area, the warm north. And my wife had never experienced a winter before until she moved up here. And that was a step of faith. She, she, <laughs> I tricked her into coming. Yeah. Uh, it was nice out when we got here. So she's like, wow, this is the most, you know, the most amazing weather I've ever experienced. This summer's amazing. A few months later, she goes, I hate you. <laughs> so uh, she eventually forgave me about 12 years later, a little bit. It's... <laughs> Wasn't that funny. <laughs> so so I, I'm riding a motorcycle at that time, and she had the car, and I had a motorcycle, and uh, I would get up to work, and I'd go to Lampert's, and I worked there for a few years while we were trying to figure out what to do with ministry. And, uh, you know, when you're young, and you're ambitious, and, you know, it's, everything's kind of funny, and you just do your thing. And, but we were, we were trying to 
we were trying to find God in the midst of all this. And I remember I had an issue with the motorcycle, and so I was working on it until it got dark, and then uh, I finished up, and then I went to bed. Well, I forgot to tighten a certain screw, so the next morning I got up in the morning, and I, I take off on my motorcycle about 7 in the morning to ride to Rice Lake and get to work at Lampert's. And I liked the job there. It was very physical, but they were nice to me, and uh, it, was, it was a good job. And I was thankful for that. And I got on that motorcycle and took off, you know, of course, under the speed limit and uh, on the back roads, praying in tongues when I seen cops and, or officers, you know. <laughs> oh, God, your mercy. You do the same thing. I might have done that on the way here. I'm not sure. but So uh, I'm riding the motorcycle, and I get way out. Uh, we live way out in the country. And uh, I'm riding the town. I'm way out on a back road, way out in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, the motorcycle starts sputtering. Bomp, 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 bomp. So I pull it off the side of the road. It's a big bike. And, uh, and I'm like, what in the world? You know, I've worked on this. I know it's good. So I'm looking at it, and sure enough, I, uh, I forgot to put in one screw in the carburetor, and it all ran out. There was just enough in the line to get me in the middle of nowhere. I was thankful. So I took, and I found a uh, penny or something, and I tightened the screw, and then I looked around, and I thought, what am I going to do? And uh, so uh, I said, Lord, what, you know, when, you, when you're excited for the Lord, you pray all the time. Do you ever find yourself praying all the time? I pray all the time. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Lord, you know, I hope this is a good day. I just, you know, use me or, you know, whatever. But I'm always praying. Do you find yourself doing that? And sometimes I'm praying in the Spirit and I forget. So I'm at Walmart and somebody will say, what? <laughs> oh, I just came from overseas. So I'm working on the motorcycle, get it all done, and I thought, what am I going to do? There's nothing. And I thought, there has to be a farm up the end of this road. And I said, Lord, what do you think I should do? That's all I said. Lord, what do you think I should do? Isn't that a difficult prayer? Let's try that again. Lord, what do you think I should do? See, but that's invoking the Holy Spirit. To, it's, it's asking Him for advice. Amen? You're thinking, man, this is the deepest message I've ever heard. We're going somewhere. We need the wonder again, amen? So I said, Lord, what do you think I should do? And the Lord said to me, I heard the voice of God as clear as I've ever heard him. He said, sit on the motorcycle and wait, and I'll send help to you. And I said, Lord, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I need to be to work on time. I can't afford to get in trouble at work. So I, I said, okay. So I sat on top of the motorcycle, and I sat there, and I was praying, and I was thinking, and then, you know, about every 30 seconds, I'd look at my watch, and I'm praying. And, but seriously, about 10 minutes goes by, and it's a long time when you're sitting there like that. And I'm thinking, you know, you know, a helicopter's going to fly over with a gas can or something. 
and nothing. So I get off my motorcycle and I start walking to a farm. And the Lord says to me, he says, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? I can't just sit here. And the Lord said, I said, sit here and I'll bring help to you. I walked all the way back. I got on the motorcycle, sat there for about another 20 minutes. And I thought, either I'm, I'm insane, stupid, or I have some faith. About 20 minutes goes by, and I get off my motorcycle. I start walking again this is the second time. The Lord says, what are you doing? See, he'll use events like this to teach you for, at a, for a later time. Amen? He'll use the simple so in the, in the time of a true crisis, you'll actually have some faith to know that God can help you. See, we need to have the wonder of God again. Amen? So <laughs> I kind of got embarrassed. I said, well, I, it's like taking forever. <laughs> I said, okay. So I go back and I sit on the motorcycle. And I said this to the Lord. I said, you know what? If I have to sit here for two days, I don't remember what I said. I, I think it was like a day or two or something. But I said, if I have to sit here uh, for the rest of my life, I'm not getting off this motorcycle because you said you'd send me some help. So I sat there about another 15 minutes, and now it has been a half an hour. And I'm sitting on a motorcycle on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I'm sure people would think I'm nuts. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm sitting here waiting for God to help me. It's stupid unless God spoke to you. And the Bible is filled with those stories. Absolutely the dumbest thing they could ever do is to win a war by worshiping unless God spoke to you. Get some clay pots and beat them and roll some things down a hill unless God spoke to you. How do you catch or how do you pay your taxes? You go fishing. That's the stupidest thing in the world unless God spoke to you. See, when you live in the sense of wonder, the foolish thing actually becomes your answer. We've uh, prayed for a lot of people through the years where we've put them, you know, they'll have a back or hip problem and put them in a chair and we put their legs out and we command their leg to grow out and many can feel the bone actually coming out or the hip, I've had many hips pop just like that. And uh, it comes out, and um, anyways, completely healed. That sounds crazy if you don't have a sense of wonder for God, if you've lost your faith. But it makes perfect sense if you live in the wonder of God. Lord, give us the wonder again. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, I know you spoke to me. So I'm just going to sit here. But I'm kind of excited to see what you're going to do. And I'm sitting there about another five, ten minutes, and all of a sudden over the hill comes a full-size bronco with a boat on it. Comes up, comes right along next to me, and my boss rolls his window down. <laughs> I'm sitting on a broken motorcycle, out of gas, and he goes, what are you doing? 
I said, I'm out of gas. He goes, why are you sitting there? I said, I was hoping you would come help me. <laughs> he goes, get in. Takes me up the road. He lived about five miles from there. Gets a gas can, comes back. He puts the gas in my motorcycle. I try to pay him, and he goes, yeah, right. He takes off. He was going fishing, took the day off. Came down that road. We need to have the sense of wonder back, amen? Here's the beautiful thing. This is the beautiful thing. I was late for work, but my boss came, seeing I was broken down. He was laughing, so he didn't even care. And uh, anyways, we need to have the sense of wonder in our walk with God. Can your God do anything? Can God give you promotion at work? Can God help you start a new business? Can He help you start a new business? Can He help you do that? Let's go to the Word. Are you guys okay? Let's never lose our wonder. I just love that when you see little kids and something that amazes them and they just stand there in awe. That is the way you and I should be when we think of God. How is He going to solve this crisis? You're in a financial pickle. Instead of, you know, getting ate up on the inside with anxiety, you say, well, we just raised the bar. Our wonder level is gone up a little bit because when God comes through this time, it's going to be amazing. See, that's healthy faith. That's healthy faith. James 5.16. Mark, I perceive you to be a prophet. James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another, this is the Amplified, that you may be healed and restored. Now, if the people are filled with the wonder of God, then to hear this word out of James makes perfect sense because they're fascinated with God. Jesus just died. He rose again. This has just been a few years. They've seen the miracles. They've seen people raised from the dead. They've seen things happen on a regular basis. Now, God's using the disciples. He's using, he's using deacons. He's using people that are coming alive in their faith. Signs and wonders and miracles are breaking out everywhere. The Roman Empire is being rocked by the presence of God. So when they hear this scripture, they're like, oh, okay. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic. Say dynamic. And it has tremendous power. How far away is God from you? Sometimes we think that He's so far that He can't hear me, or He's behind some kind of wall. But when we live in the wonder of God, we realize that He's in me and He's around me. 
I think it was David that said, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go? And even Jonah in the belly of the whale, he contemplates the same things. And finally, he comes into the point of repentance, knowing that even in the bottom of the sea and in the heart or in the belly of a fish, the presence of God is there working on him. And finally, he says, <laughs> he says, with thanksgiving, I'll surrender to you. With thanksgiving, I will go and do your will. With thanksgiving. And then the whale spit him out. But that sense that God's presence was there. And it was interesting that in the life of Jonah as well, uh, God spoke to him. He was a prophet. And God speaks to him very clearly. And he says, go to Nineveh. And he says, no. And now look at how much God is involved in his life in rebellion. He says no to God. He goes to a shipyard. He gets on a boat. The winds and the waves comes a storm. God is still working on him, even in a state of rebellion. He's a whisper away. They start casting lots to find out who's got the bug, you know. Who's bringing this bad luck? You guys remember this story? And even in a rebellious state running from God, he knows that it's all God, and God is setting him up. And he finally says, it's me, and they throw him in. And he dies. No, I'm kidding. But God was there even in a time of rebellion. I don't advise that. But the point is the same, is that he's right here. Amen? And when Jonah whispers in the belly of a fish, God heard him. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. If you keep going there in James 5, 14 and 15, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, say the prayer of faith, will save the sick. I am made out of skin. Anyone else? I am. I cannot do a miracle without God's power. I can't. I can't. We have seen wonderful things. We have seen wonderful things through the years. We've seen wonderful things through the years. You guys have seen wonderful things through the years. But without God's power, it can't happen. But faith invokes the power of God. Say this, say, Lord, Lord restore, faith restore faith and childlike wonder. In your word and in you. Doesn't that feel good to even pray that? I like this story about in Matthew 22, if you'd turn into Matthew, the book of Matthew. This is where Jesus is walking on the water. He sends the people out, you know, he sends the disciples out in the boat. 
knowing there's a storm coming. You know, he probably could see the, you know, the big, uh, what do you call that, wall cloud? And the disciples were probably saying, hey, what do you think about that? Ah, don't worry about that. You're going to go to the other side. You're going to have a little excitement in the middle. So they go out, and then we see this, this tremendous storm come, and they're all nervous. They've just seen the feeding of the 5,000. They've seen these other miracles. And uh, they get out there, and things are getting wild. And in Matthew 14, 22, this is the, the living, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go out ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus is getting the dis crowd dismissed. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Now, it seems like there's a pattern here that happens to open up the wonder of God. People need to have a prayer life. Amen? Even when I've seen uh, in the life of Paul, the Bible says he went and he prayed, and then it talked about signs and wonders and miracles came after that. Prayer will open up the wonder of God in your life. It'll soften you. It'll restore that sense of awe in God. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I've been in a few bad storms in the water. That's no fun. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Sometimes we're terrified at the events of nature. Sometimes we're terrified at things that we don't realize it's the answer that we're praying for. It's terrifying sometimes. Sometimes God's trying to open a blessing in our life, but we're terrified to take the step of faith, and here it's the answer that we've been praying for. The disciples said, hey, it's a ghost. Well, what would you think? they never seen Jesus walk on the water before. There's a man walking on water in warm weather. I love this. And they, they cried out in fear. It's interesting how they knew something supernatural was happening. They had seen enough. They'd seen enough demons cast out. They'd seen people raised from the dead. They'd seen the food multiply. They knew the supernatural was real. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, isn't this powerful? Here's his word. The words of Jesus are life. Amen? The words that he say change our whole life. The words that Jesus says, when a word comes out of his mouth, he means it, and it brings life and power. It's, it's like a seed in the ground that's watered, and life comes from that word. When he speaks a word, things happen. And he looks at them, and he says, take courage. 
You know, the gas prices keep going up. They raised interest rates. They were going to raise them a lot higher, but thank the Lord they didn't. They would have crippled things. But the, when I go to get gas, I, for years, I never thought about it. I put gas in my car, I paid, I left. Now I go to the gas station and I'm thinking, eee. and I'm filling it up, diesel truck, so it's more money than what you're paying. Unless you have a diesel, you know, it's $100 to fill your tank. But Jesus says, take courage. Amen? When you're in a time of crisis, it's a time to emerge in faith. When Satan comes in, comma, like a flood, God raises a standard against it. Amen? And that's the world that we must choose to live in again. We've had seasons of peace and comfort, and now our, you know, there's war going on, there's inflation, there's all these things, but life is not over. Take courage. Live in the wonder of God, and gas prices will no longer scare you. Live in the wonder of God, and the future of your children, their college, all those things will not scare you anymore. I love the story of Sheldon and, uh, and Elaine. Uh, they lived in the mission field. Uh, they didn't have billions of dollars. But God sent all their kids, except for one went to the military, but all their kids went and received their degrees in college. Why? Because they lived in the wonder of God. They had to do their part, and they knew God would do His. Ooh, come on. You feel that in the room? Say, I am not alone. God is with me. Say, my God shall supply all my needs. So Jesus looks at them and he says, take courage. That's an action that you have to take if you want it. Sometimes he puts a nugget out there to see if you'll take it. He says, take courage. Amen? I was listening to uh, Lucy last night. I don't know if she, I think they're at the campground today. Uh, she shared that story where she didn't have any money. She didn't have money for gas. She was in college. But she chose, chose to have faith in God and to live in the wonder of God. Amen? She didn't say in the wonder of God, but that's what it was. And she gets to a party. She's like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get home. But you said to go there. She felt led to go to this event with the, at the college. And as she's sitting there having fun, but wondering how, God's, wondering how God is going to do this thing, see, that's living in wonder. Somebody comes up to her afterwards and gives her $100, and then another one, and then another one. She left with $500 when she left that and never asked anybody for anything. See, when we live in the wonder of God, anything is possible. Ooh. 
Take courage. It is I. This is so good. Don't be afraid. And then we see the whole story there where Peter yells out and he says, Hey, he said, if it's your will, let me come to you. Just say come. And the Bible says that Jesus looks at him. He's like, I'm up for that. Come. And he actually says that he has little faith. But he jumped out and he began to walk to Jesus. And he walking on the water with little faith. Say little faith. It doesn't take great faith to change your life. But then it says he got distracted by the wind and the waves and he began to sink. But he cried out to the Lord. The Lord grabs him by the hand and pulls him back up. Can you imagine that freaky thing? What did that actually feel like? Did it feel like walking on ice? Did it feel thick? Like was your, you know, was it like walking on jello? But when we live in a faithless society, it's like walking on water without God's help. And when we have God's hand and His help, even water becomes solid. We need the wonder to come back again. Faith calms fear. Faith opens the impossible. Faith is an anchor. Faith is an anchor. Faith causes the impossible to become possible. I need to close. Smith Wigglesworth said this, Real faith has perfect peace and joy, and a shout at any time. It always sees the victory. You have a wayward child? You need to start shouting because God is going to come through because your faith and your prayers are dynamic and the hand of God is working in their life. You grab a hold of that anchor rope. You say, I'm going to quote the scripture. The Lord said, my prayers are dynamic. I'm going to lay hold of the promises of God. And you start declaring the word and you start pulling them back into a walk with God through your prayers. Amen? Amen. Faith is dynamic. Reinhard Bunke said this, When you do business with people, you need money. When you do business with God, you need faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. And this world has tried to suck faith out of you, and I'm declaring the wonder of God is coming back to the church. Amen? It's easy to believe God. Oh, no, it isn't. Well, then you need an encounter with God because it's easy to trust God. It's easy to trust God. It's easy to trust God when you're a child. It's easy to trust God when you're a child. Amen? You're hungry. Ah, Here you go. Take your bottle. A child doesn't think mom or dad 
is going to kick me out of the house. Childlike faith knows that God's going to come through financially. Amen? Childlike faith knows that He's going to provide. Childlike faith is powerful. We need to return to the wonder of God. I liked William Branham. I didn't like some of his theology, but he was a man of God, and he moved in power. And the Lord spoke to him one time, and he said this, If you can get the people to believe you, nothing shall stand before your prayer. Not even cancer. He went on, it's not for me to question it. This is him now saying, it's not for me to question how. It's for me to just believe. We need the wonder of God again. Amen? If the Bible says it, we need to put it as an anchor in our soul. I was going to get into some other stories. I just ran out of time. But there's so many powerful stories in the Bible where he was trying to get them to believe. I like this centurion soldier that came to Jesus. He was a Roman soldier. At that time in history, the Romans didn't like a lot of the rabbis and so forth. They thought they were kind of, you know, in the way and so forth. But this centurion came, and he has an encounter with Jesus, and he lived in the wonder of God. His child was ill. And he says to Jesus, he said, if you could uh, say the word, my child will be healed. And Jesus was taken back. And it says that he was amazed at his faith. Only two places where we see that word used in Greek in the New Testament. At the centurion's faith and in Nazareth when they doubted that they had a lack of faith. He was amazed at the lack of faith. We want to break that off, and we want to open up divine faith again. Amen? That Jesus would look at World Harvest and say, I'm amazed at their faith. Amen? I'm amazed at their faith. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For He is with me. Let's stand up. Let's not lose the wonder, the awe of God. Amen? Let's not lose the wonder, the awe of God. Just say this. Say, God is a God of the impossible. He hears my prayers. He is moving on my behalf. He will supply all my needs. He will heal the sick. He will use me to win my community to Jesus Christ. Amen. I need the ministry team to come up here. If you would, ministry team, we're going to close in prayer. People, I can, you know, start to sense that in the spirit, you know, people are getting hungry for brats. Oh, Lord, let the preacher quit. (laughs) What did Jesus say? My food is to do the will of my Father. So, you know, I'm more spiritual, so I'm just going to keep preaching, you know.
God wants to release the sense of wonder again in your life. And the Bible says that He'll confirm His Word with signs and wonders following. It's filled with signs and wonders all through the New Testament. So if you want to receive the wonder of God again, I want you to come forward for prayer. We're going to close and dismiss. But God is going to move. He's the one that confirms His Word. We'll take the step of faith and pray for you, and God is going to restore the wonder of your faith again. Amen? Some people, God wants to hug again. He wants to reassure you that He's right there with you. All right. Grab somebody next to you. Let's pray. Everybody pray for somebody. Father God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the love that's here. There's such a sense of family. Uh, there's such a sense of uh, just a bondness in love, Lord, a bonding in love. We thank you for the leaders. There's so many leaders, God. We thank you for that, that would love people. But Father, we pray that you would open up the wonder of God again. Give us that childlike faith. that When we read the Scripture, we just were in a state of wonder where we're saying, oh God, I want to see that too. I, I, I know God's going to do that in my life. I know He's going to come through for this. I know He's involved in that. He's going to grow my cell. He's going to, he's going to do those things. Oh, God, I pray that you'd release a sense of your wonder again. God, forgive us for hardness and hardening our heart and all that stuff, and we decide to open our heart and to be childlike in our faith again, to trust you with the easy and with the hard, with the difficult. In the mighty name of Jesus, re-energize us and fill us again. In Jesus' name, how many can say amen? Amen. God bless you. Take a step of faith this week and reach out to someone. Amen. God bless you. Come forward for prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.